Welcome to No Sugar Coding, where we keep it 100% truth, authentic, and real. I'm your host, Jerry Dale, and we're going to talk a little bit about what No Sugar Coding is. No Sugar Coding is going to be culture and theology. We're going to give you a biblical worldview of what is going on in our culture and how theology is. We're going to give you um, principles that are based from the Bible. We're going to talk about um, challenging your thinking. Um, We're going to give you a bird's eye view, a 30,000 foot view of the world versus your bubble. Because most of us live in a bubble and our view of things is what's around us and surround us. When there's so much more to this world, there's so much more to earth, there's so much more to culture and theology than just our little bubble. So we go burst your bubble here on No Sugar Coat. Welcome to another episode of No Sugar Coating, where we keep it 100% truth, 100% authentic, and we keep it 100% real. Um, today, we're going to talk about dinosaurs. Um, I know there's a lot of questions on how we got dinosaurs, are there dinosaurs, were there dinosaurs, how old were dinosaurs, and so we're going to clear all that up for you today. We're going to we're going to bring in Dr. Clem, uh, Tim Clary. Um, he's originally from Michigan. Um, he has his PhD and his BS. Um, with summa cum laude from Western Michigan University. He has his master's from the University of Wyoming, and all of those are in geology. Um, he's worked a decade for exploration geologist for Chevron. Um, he's done two decades as a professor um, teaching um, geology and um, about dinosaurs. Um, he's published numerous articles on geology of the Rocky Mountain region. Um, he's co-authored and, and authored five different books, including Dinosaurs, Marvel, Marvels of God's Design. Um, and he currently is currently at ICR, which is the Creation Research um, Institute um, here in Dallas, Texas. Um, and they conduct research for flood sedimentation patterns across the globe. Um, and so he has geolo- geologic evidence for the global flood. And so now we're going to bring in Dr. Tim Clary. Well, thank you, Jerry. It's a pleasure to be here. Ah, glad to have you. Glad to have you, sir. So dinosaurs, right? Let's um let's go back to the creation when okay. of time, right? Um, when God created the earth. And um, so many questions, so many people wonder where dinosaurs come from. How come the Bible doesn't mention the word dinosaurs and so many different things like that? So I just want to ask you, like, how old are dinosaurs or were they? Well, dinosaurs go back to the creation week, uh, you know, back, which goes back to, we believe, uh, the genealogies show about 6,000 years ago. So dinosaurs have been around since the very first week of creation. Uh, the Bible talks about the beasts of the earth and things were created on day six. So the same day that humans were made, you know, Adam and Eve were made, uh, God made the land animals, which would include the dinosaurs. So day, well, so day, day around can, day six. Well, I can continue on that. Yes, I can continue a little bit. The reason you don't see the word dinosaur in the Bible is because that word wasn't really invented as a word until 1841. And so the Bible was translated into King James back in 1611. 
So you're looking at several hundred years before the yeah. word dinosaur even appeared in the English language. And so you don't see the word dinosaur anywhere in the Bible. You talk, you see things like behemoth, leviathan, which may be dinosaurs, and dragons, flying dragons, things like that, which might have been some of the pterodactyls. Uh, but you don't really see the word dinosaur. But that's the reason why is it wasn't really invented at the time the Bible was translated. Okay. Okay. And, and who did you say created or defined the word dinosaurs? Oh, that was uh, Sir Richard Owen. He was an English, uh, probably the world's renowned anatomist at the time. He had looked at more bones of animals from all over the world, and he kind of came up with this kind of a, and a little bit of a, with very, very limited amount of data, he came up with this really brilliant idea that these were reptiles that walked erect. And we could see in the hip structures on these really partial specimens that they found in England in the 1820s and 1830s that dinosaurs were different than modern-day reptiles in terms of the way they walk. The dinosaur's legs come straight down from their body, whether you're two-legged or four-legged. They don't drag their bellies, whereas crocodiles and turtles and alligators, their legs come out to the side. All lizards, their legs come out to the side of their bodies and they go down. And so it's a little different uh, stature, the way they walk. And that's how we define dinosaurs. So dinosaurs didn't have flippers. Uh, those would be swimming reptiles. They didn't have wings. Those would be flying reptiles. So Richard Owen decided that we're going to identify dinosaurs as a type of reptile that walked erect based on the hip structures. And so he came up with that. But again, very limited amounts of data. Uh, so it's amazing that he came up with this, had the insight to actually come up with a new type of animal that had never been discovered because apparently they're all extinct today, but we do find their bones. Okay, so oh, so they are all extinct. So there's no there's no dinosaurs. What about ancestors to dinosaurs? Do we Are there well, any of those? Well, there's questions about that. The evolutionary community insists that there's ancestors to dinosaurs, but yet they can't find any ancestors to them. So uh, we don't believe there are ancestors to dinosaurs. They, God created them as dinosaurs uh, at the very beginning of creation, you know, on day six of creation week. And then what we find in the rocks, we find the evidence of the flood. We find dinosaurs buried at a certain level in the flood. Uh, they aren't, aren't the earliest rocks because that was mostly, appears to be mostly marine deposition, you're only burying the lowest areas of the world, and it's probably the shallow seas, and then as the waters went higher and higher, they reached the swampy regions, the lowlands where the dinosaurs were living, and that's why they were buried kind of in the middle of the what's called the geologic columns. So if you have the big geologic column, the bottom is all marine, and then you have the dinosaurs mixed with marine, by the way. And then you have more of the traditional mammals above that, and a lot of that has to do with the ecological zones that they lived in, I believe. And that's what some of my research is really fleshing out, uh, for lack of a better word. Without getting into the whole flood story, uh, there is a lot of evidence to back that up based on the research that I currently do in an ICR. Yeah, so you're saying the, the research from the flood story is about the, the extinction of the dinosaurs or? Um... Well, it shows where they, where they show up. You know, and There's really no real, what I would call an extinction. It's just that's the last appearance of them in the flood rocks in the year of the flood. So they disappear at that level when their environment was destroyed. You don't see them because I don't believe they lived at higher elevations where you see other animals that live above probably the region where the dinosaurs lived in the flood year, or, you know, prior to the flood. So a lot of it, you know, these extinction events they talk about aren't really extinctions. They're just the last appearance of certain animals at certain levels. And a lot of that has to do with the way the floodwaters rose, varying different environments, different environments, different environments that go up the side of a mountain today in Costa Rica. You start up burying your tropical plants at the base. As you go higher up, you get different plants that lived at cooler and higher elevations. And that's kind of what I think the pre-flood world 
looked like and some of my research is kind of allowing me to flesh that out to show areas that were lowlands and uplands and possibly shallow seas which no one's really been able to do this until the research I've been conducting at ICR is kind of allowing us to do that. So we can kind of see why dinosaurs are found where they are and in the rocks, you know, why they're only found in a certain range and then they're gone because you've now buried and completely inundated that level where the dinosaurs lived and you moved on to the next level above it. Yeah, hopefully it makes some sense. Okay, so essentially we're just saying that they just because of the way the weather and because of the time, they just kind of, th those particular species just kind of fade away. So, so like would a, would a, a, an alligator or a crocodile, is that somewhat like a dinosaur or would they have been back right. in the arc days or? Right, they're somewhat like them. They find those fossils of crocodiles and alligators in the same rocks with dinosaurs as well. And so we do find a lot of similar type of animals that lived in swamps. Even animals like squirrels and beaver-like animals are found with dinosaurs as well, things that lived in wetter areas. Uh, a lot of the evolutionary community today tries to say dinosaurs could live in deserts and dinosaurs could live in, you know, snow-packed areas. And I think there's a lot of issues with that uh, because I believe dinosaurs, the, the evidence supports that dinosaurs were in fact cold-blooded animals. So they couldn't live in too cold of climates. Uh, that's not to say you can't have some Lizards today living in deserts, but I'm not sure if there are that many deserts in the pre-flood world. I think it was mostly highly vegetated, you know, very wet type of environment that would be kind of conducive to, to the dinosaurs to get big, you know, as, as big as they got. Now, dinosaurs, you know, didn't go extinct at the time of the flood. That's just the ones that weren't on the ark. That's when they were all buried. And so just like everything else, there's a lot of animals today that are still alive that we find back in the fossils. Let's go, go back to some of the earliest fossil layers. The earliest parts of the flood, we still find some of these animals still alive today. And so I believe, of course, dinosaurs did get on the ark because God didn't exclude any of them. When you read through the book of Genesis, he says two of every kind came to the ark. So he would have brought two of every kind of dinosaur to Noah to put on the ark. And so there's getting into some things that we probably could get into later, but I believe there's only about 60 kinds of dinosaurs. There's just a lot of variety, but there really are no ancestors to any of them. When you look at the fossil record, they just show up, you know, fully formed, like the Triceratops, the, you know, the Tyrannosaurus rex, all these animals. There's nothing in the rocks below that indicates they came from anything else. And so even, even dinosaurs today, the evolutionary scientists can't figure out where did dinosaurs come from? They, they're still baffled you know, where they came from. They're trying to say they turned into birds, but that's another whole topic in itself. Oh, so the secular, they say that dinosaurs just turn into birds and they're just kind of... That's what some of them are saying now. Yeah, they just, which to me is is uh, quite a quite a change. Physiologic changes have to take place to turn into a bird. They're, they're actually almost blurring the definition of what's a bird and what's a dinosaur to make it uh, kind of pushing their evolutionary thoughts into the fossils. Well, the fossils really don't show up because we see fossils of birds well below in the rocks that were buried earlier than the so-called most bird-like dinosaurs found above. So you already have birds and then you, you know, you go to the next rock layers above and they say 40, 50 million years of time, which of course I don't really agree at those times, but nonetheless, the rocks do show birds and they show above that dinosaurs are supposed to have evolved into birds, which makes no sense. I, I don't believe there's any evolution taking place, just things are buried in sort of an order of the flood. As the flood year, water progressed higher and higher. That's why we see different animals, different plants, 
is that you know when you ask the evolutionist, show me some evidence of, of evolution in the fossils. The truthful ones will say, well, we really don't have any. We just have new things showing up, so fully formed, and then next layer above, new things showing up, fully formed, new, and that's kind of the process. Sudden appearance, they call it, and then stasis means they stay the same for a while, then they disappear. And so when that level was completely flooded, of course, that's when the dinosaurs or any other type of animal in the flood disappeared. Okay. So, so if most of this information is, you know, biblical and it's, and it's out there, then, then why do we have so much information saying that dinosaurs are millions of years old or, you know, why, why would that information be put out there if it's just simply not true? Well, that, that's a good question, Jerry. It's a, you know, we wonder about that sometimes. We, we've become the minority, those of us that believe the Earth is 6,000 years old, and we're often shunned as non-scientists because we, you know, don't believe in the general consensus of things. But consensus is not science. And unfortunately, the, the data doesn't support that either. We're finding more and more now in the rocks, in the dinosaur bones themselves, we're finding these original proteins, blood vessels, uh, red blood cell looking things that we would call red blood cells, but they haven't been 100% proven. But they found flexible blood vessels, proteins like collagen proteins, uh, other proteins that uh, biologists know more better than I do. Uh, but there's been 120 papers now where they're finding original tissues, original preserved proteins and blood vessels and osteocytes and different cells, all preserved inside the bones. They shouldn't be there if these things are millions of years old. So even though the Evolutionary community insists these are 68 million, 66 million years old to maybe 230 million years old, according to the what they think the dinosaur ages are now. Uh, there's really no empirical evidence to back that up. They have age dates, but the age dates are based on so many assumptions that uh, you can't verify them. So what we're seeing is, is real empirical data found in the bones that shows these bones can't be that old. They, you know, they fit better with the biblical interpretation of 6,000 years. If we're, finding that, if we're finding that information, um, it's kind of like, I guess, maybe the tree ring, right? Where you mm -hmm. can kind of tell how old it is. Um, you know, we would, we would hope that we'd be able to give the people the proper information so that they know, you know, uh, just so that they know that, you know, there's dinosaurs are not millions of years old. That's right. Well, and that's what's good about your, this pod, podcast today. This, this, we can get some of that word out there. There's a lot of information that really does verify and confirms the biblical account of creation, a global flood, and all this happened you know, in the last 6,000 years. And that's what the rocks and that's what the, the bones themselves seem to verify. But yet that's shunned by the evolutionary community, by you know, the public schools, public institutions, universities. All of them will say that you know, that's, that's, well, there's got to be another explanation for these things, but they, they really offered no good explanation other than these things are much younger than they thought. All right. So the next question I have for you, Dr. Clary, is what's the average, what was the average size of a dinosaur? Well, we actually did the math. We had a big uh, database that was published a few years back, and we actually did the math and eliminate all the birds because we don't believe birds are dinosaurs uh, as creationists. And so once I, probably, Narrowed that down, we had about 350 dinosaurs where we had pretty good bone measurements to estimate their weights. And so we came up with about the size of a, a buffalo or American bison is the average adult size, so over a thousand pounds. But on the ark, we assumed that God would have brought probably juveniles instead of these huge dinosaurs 
Some of them got really, really big, 100, 100 feet long or more. God probably would have brought juveniles of each separate kind. And so you wouldn't need to have even bison-sized dinosaurs on the ark. They probably would have been something more like a sheep or you know, a small cow or something like that would be the average size brought on the ark. Okay. Well, speaking of speaking of the ark, you know, um, and there's obviously two on each one. Um, how did the ark or how did the flood affect um, dinosaurs? Well, the, the flood killed, you know, most of the dinosaurs, obviously, just like it killed every land-breathing animal, including the humans that weren't on the ark. We only ended up with eight humans that believed there was going to be a flood and God found righteous to put on the ark, which is amazing when there could have been over a billion people on the earth at the time of the, of the flood, within 1,600 years from the creation to the to the flood, you're looking at over 1,600 years of time. So at a small, modest, you know, growth rate, we could have had as much as a billion people or more. Uh, and so only eight people from that, you know, group of people were actually on the earth that repopulated the earth and where we all came from. And then the dinosaurs are the same way, only two of every kind on the earth, and they got off the earth, of course, God might have maybe given us some divine protection for a while, because if you eat one, if one of them got eaten by another dinosaur, of course, that whole kind is gone. So uh, nonetheless, they probably spread out. And again, as the Bible talks about, all animals were originally designed to eat plants. Even the T-Rex and things like that were only designed to eat certain plants. And after the flood, I think the climatic conditions changed enough uh, between the pre-flood and the post-flood that all the plants that these dinosaurs were you know, designed to eat weren't as plentiful possibly in certain locations and so they struggled to, to survive and they struggled to, to grow and I think over many many centuries you know, up until you know maybe just most recently maybe just a few hundred years ago uh, the dinosaurs were some of them were still alive in maybe the, the jungle regions of the world in uh, Southeast Asia possibly and in, in, in Africa but I think they're all extinct today eventually they Long-term climate change, because of a different climate between the pre-flood and the post-flood, uh, caused them all to go extinct. And humans might have had a hand in that as well. We read a lot of these legends about knights killing dragons. They were probably actually killing dinosaurs, smaller dinosaurs that they saw as a threat uh, to the local population. Because it's, nonetheless, even if it wasn't a huge 100-foot-long dinosaur, it might have been 20 feet, 30 feet long, which can be perceived as a threat. We have lots of artifacts all around the world and carvings and paintings, even going back to the Egyptians and the times of uh, the Mesopotamian cylinders and things they look at in the Louvre. You can roll them out and you see what looks like long necked dinosaurs. And what's amazing is the legs are coming straight down and all these things that, again, nobody knew about the legs coming straight down until 1841. And even the most recently, there's one about 500 years old in Cambodia that looks just like a stegosaurus. And that stegosaurus, again, legs are coming straight down. So, all these reptiles we see carvings and paintings of over the centuries, even up until just maybe four or 500 years ago, we're seeing, you know, the rendition of dinosaurs, the correct version with the legs coming straight down. There's no reptile today that, that looks like that. So how would they know if they hadn't seen these things? And so to me, there's fairly compelling evidence. And you can read through the Bible, Job 40 and Job 41 about Behemoth and Leviathan. Behemoth's tail, you know, moved like a cedar. So it must have swayed like a big long-necked dinosaur. And we even find that, in fact, in the dinosaur dung, that the sauropods were eating grass, like the Bible says. So everything we see about dinosaurs and find seems to confirm exactly what the Bible tells us. And that there does appear to be a couple of descriptions of dinosaurs in the Bible 
again, they don't use the word because the word wasn't invented. So they left the original Hebrew words in there, behemoth and Leviathan. But uh, I think they finally went extinct primarily because of the long-term effects of climate change, pre-human climate change, none of, the, none of the climate change we're talking about today, but just the things are so different from the pre-flood, I think, to the post-flood. And they, if they were cold-blooded, as I believe, there was a, you know, they can only live near the equator. They can't live too far north, too far south. It gets too cold. And so there's some issues with the dinosaurs, you know, proliferating all over the earth because they had a limited range and they were going to be in more contact with humans, I think, afterwards as well. Now the secular community, the evolutionary communities makes up this story about an asteroid hitting the, you know, causing the extinction of dinosaurs. But I looked at that asteroid, I looked at the oil wells into that, into that asteroid site and there's almost no melt. Uh, if there's a big impact, there should have been a lot of melt and there's not much molten rock in the, in the wells at all. Only one or two actually show any little bits of melt. And there's another problem. There's not enough iridium. Iridium is supposed to be this rare earth element that you know, meteorites hit the earth and their meteorite dust goes all over. Well, there's not much iridium there either at that site. So here's the so-called smoking gun and there's no smoke. And so it's other places it's hit or miss as well. So I, if there was an asteroid that hit, the Chicxulub, as they call it, in the Yucatan Peninsula at about the time of the, you know, in the rock record where the dinosaurs disappear as well. Uh, it must have been very, very small or not a whole, no, maybe no, no impact at all. But nonetheless, I don't believe that caused their extinction. That's just where they disappeared in the flood record. And so, again, you got to get the idea of extinctions out of your head. Things went extinct, but not until, you know, thousands of years after the flood, which the flood was about 4,500 years ago. So dinosaurs were, I think, were around for quite a while, interacting with humans, and and I think that's why we have so many legends, as I said earlier, about dinosaurs and you know, knights killing dragons, and rescuing the village or the town or whatever the case is. But I think there there's some reality to those stories. Now you br you brought up something interesting because you brought up dragons, right? So we don't talk much about dragons, but you know, is is it is it all Hollywood when you see the dragons with the wings or well, I think the wings probably are. I mean, unless they're unless they're confusing them with the pterodactyls, they might have considered those flying dragons. I think the Bible talks about that. Uh, so there might have been pterodactyls that were these flying reptiles that were, you know, found in the same rocks as the dinosaurs. But I don't. There's not much evidence of dinosaurs having wings. You know, the, the ones that actually walked on the land. Uh, so there may be a little bit of a, you know, the legends might have got a little confused on that one. Yeah. So now the Bible does talk about Leviathan could sort of breathe smoke or shoot out smoke uh, we haven't found any evidence for that but you know the bible talks about it so it must it must be true and so but uh, so maybe in the future uh, we'll find out maybe some original tissues preserved that show that these dinosaurs certain kinds maybe could have had some sort of sparks coming out of their mouth or smoke like it says in job 41 yeah so that's why i think it's i think it's so important that you know we're able to use the bible to base um base the evidence on as much as possible because Hollywood will bring in something and when you look at over the years of you know seeing a dragon um, on, a, on a movie or, or so forth then it's like are dragons real are dinosaurs real and then I think us as people we start to get confused and we don't know and then you have someone telling us that dinosaurs are millions of years old and, and so there's just so much information out there right now that we end up um, as people just becoming confused, and that's why I think it's important that 
we have a No Sugar Coating podcast so that we can let people know and be authentic and let them know the honest truth and let it be principles that come from the Bible and let it just be faith-based and Bible-based. Amen to that. That's well, that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I love the job that I do at ICR is because I get to tell people that God's word is true and that the science, when you look at the science without all these interpretations and stories that are spread by the evolutionary community, you cut right down to the rocks and what you see in the rocks, it really does support a global flood and it supports that dinosaurs, you know, were part of the original created kind. Many of them died in the flood, and that's why we see their bones. But again, the reason you don't see bones of dinosaurs after the flood is because most things that die today don't leave bones. They, they rot away or they get eaten. And so animals today aren't making fossils. Only the flood made most of the world's fossils that we see today. Yeah. And so without those conditions of a global flood, you just don't leave the record of dinosaurs. So it's easy for people to put doubt in our minds. That, oh, these things never existed. Or, you know, these things died out millions of years ago. Maybe scientists are right. But that's really not the case. That's not what the Bible teaches. And that's really not what the science shows. Yeah, so that's I think that's it. I think the work y'all do over there at ICR is very important. Speaking of ICR, tell mm-hmm. us about ICR and then let the people know. I think you um you, you, y'all do you do tours over there as well. You've got well, a well newsletter we do, we and do so that. Forth. We do uh, we actually have a, a museum called the Discovery Center. Uh, Institute Institute for Creation Research was actually founded in 1970 by Henry Morris, and he kind of. It was in California for the first 35 years of its existence out near San Diego. And then we moved about 15 or 16 years ago, maybe 17 now, to the Dallas area. We're about Royal and Luna, right off 635, just south of 635 and Royal and Luna. And about three years ago, we opened up a discovery center, a museum, which is this $35 million uh, extravaganza, I guess, if you want to call it that. That really shows the science behind what we're saying, that the earth is young that God created, just like he says in the Bible, 6,000 years ago. And all the evidence that, you know, the universe is young, the earth is young, and even the dinosaurs are not, are young. They're not millions of years old. They're thousands of years old. And so it's a, it's quite a tour. You can kind of self-guided tour through it, but we got a lot of really uh, high-tech displays and videos, short little seven-minute videos, explaining even where the Ice Age came from and things like that. But, but at ICR, our main goal, one of our missions is to edify the church. And to really teach the church that there really is science that supports the Bible. And, uh, you know, and we also are one of our other goals, our main goal is to point people to Jesus. That Jesus was there at the creation. He was there at the judgment of the flood. You know, and he, he took it upon himself to become a, a human and grow up and then minister for three years. And, of course, now ultimately he had to die as our replacement on the cross for the sins of all humanity, including my own and, and yours. And so Jesus was was there all along you know he's he is god and he's one of the part of the trinity and so we want people to know that you know it's it's fun to work on science fun to talk about dinosaurs but we want people to be saved through the blood of jesus uh, more so than anything else and i think it's i think it's also important because you know edifying the church with um the proper information is always good because it'll help so you know one of my one of my passions is apologetics and part of that is just being able to um, explain why you believe what you believe. And mm-hmm. so I think as a whole, that helps the church because if the church can understand, yeah, you know what? There were mm-hmm. dinosaurs back then. You didn't have the word dinosaurs until 1841, so you couldn't call mm-hmm. them dinosaurs, right? And so mm-hmm. I think as long as we can understand that, then that can help us and, and have more uh, faith and then confidence. And as we're talking to someone else about 
their salvation um, with Christ. So, yeah, I, I can definitely appreciate that and the work that y'all do over there at ICR. It's, we've got, you know, if you get in there, we've got a full-size T-Rex that growls and roars at you. And there's a lot more evidence of, we have a whole wall of, of some of the evidence of these carvings and paintings of what look like dinosaurs all around the world. You know, that when dinosaurs were still alive and humans were still seeing them, there's, there's a whole wall you can go visit. There's a little piece of the ark. There's some of the research that I've been working on the flood. And, and it, it just really starts out with some of the founders of science, even, or most of the founders of science were Christian people that believed the earth was 6,000 years old. You know, all that's been taken away in the last 200 years by the evolutionary community who developed their own story as an alternative to God's word to explain everything away. And unfortunately, that is what's the what's being taught in most of our schools today and most of our churches even. Some go along with that is the, the older Christians who believe the earth. Well, science can't be wrong, but they are. The, the mainstream science is wrong. They don't follow the data. They don't see the evidence for the flood. They don't see the evidence of these fossils being young with all the original tissues in them. They just say, well, like the rest of the evolutionary community, just, there must be an explanation of this. We just don't know what it is. But uh, you know, when the evidence hits you in the face, it's, it's hard to ignore. And so we at ICR, we, we enjoy telling people that we can confirm God's word through science. We can't prove it. You know, but, you know that's where you need to have faith. We can't, you know, you can't really come to the point where I can prove everything. And, you know, that's not what science is about. Science is to show kind of the, the thoughts God thought and the things that God did. And we can just kind of follow up and be amazed at what he did and how he made things. And so the design of animals. Uh, one of the other things we're doing in ICR is we're doing some research on blind cave fish, trying to see if we could bring the blind cave fish back to sighted fish within a couple of generations. Uh, because we don't think, we think God built within the animals sensors and adaptations so if they're in a dark area you know within a generation or two they lose their eyes and their eyesight and they change their physiology and things like that but once they get back in the light we're already seeing that they get their color back you know that same animal that was no color no skin color suddenly gets colored like it was living in the you know lighted water all, all its life it doesn't get eyes but we're hoping that within a couple of generations the eyes will come back in their offspring uh, because of they sense different environments, and so God built in us, in our DNA, and the animal, and the DNA of the fish, and everything else, sensors to change. So we're doing some pretty exciting research at ICR, which makes us a little different than some of the other uh, ministries. My my flood research, looking at the geology and the rocks all around the world, and uh, the the you know empirical biology research we're doing, uh, which makes us different. You know, but it's it's all to glorify Jesus and His creation and His you know truth that, that what He said He did, He actually did. Amen to that. So tell us, um, tell us about some of the uh, books that you've authored um, and co-authored okay. um, on these subjects. Okay, probably the best book for what we talked about today is, is my dinosaur book called Dinosaurs, Marvels of God's Design. And that's about a almost 200 page hardcover book. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a really good book because it, it shows a little bit about each major dinosaur group, but it also ties it into the biblical story, how they fit on the ark. And and stories about legends. We put a few of those in there about some of the legends of dinosaurs uh, and dragons that might be, you know, talking about real dinosaurs. And at the end, it talks about how they might have gone extinct. And I think, as I talked about in this broadcast, they probably went extinct due to long-term changes and probably some humans uh, help along the way as well. But uh, 
it really ties it all together. A lot of the things that we talked about today, if you really want to know about dinosaurs, if you want to stay a step ahead of your grandchildren or your children, this is a good book. Uh, it's written about the high school level. The other book, if you're interested in the flood, Evans for the Flood, I have a book called Carved in Stone. And that's uh, the geological evidence of the worldwide flood is the subtitle. And that is also available at, both of these are available at icr.org slash store, or you can go to Amazon. I believe they're both available on Amazon. But that one really shows the evidence of a flood by the work that I did for three continents. I looked at North America, South America, and, and Africa. And you see that the flood record is very, very similar on every continent. It shows this, everything happening at the same time, pretty much at the same you know, levels. Same fossils being buried at the same time. And so it's really compelling evidence of a, of a global flood in that book and a lot of other things in there as well. Okay. And those, are, those are two of the books. My wife and I also did a, a children's book. Uh, we've done two so far about Henry the duck-billed dinosaur, Henry the hadrosaur. Uh, but uh, I think there's, I can't think of the name right now. Yeah, Let me take a second here. here. Honey, help me out. <laughs> Henry book. Yeah. Big Plans for Henry. That's the first book. Say uh, it again. Book, big Plans for Henry. Then the other one, the second one that came out was called Henry Explores the New World. And so the Big Plans for Henry book uh, is a children's book that's a story about 32 pages long. And about a little story about a, a little dinosaur and his journey and how God had a plan for him. And the second one's a little bit more the journey continues. And then uh, there's a third book that's going to be in the works for that. But we wanted to write something for our grandkids because you can see I'm a little old. So I have four grandkids now. And uh, they actually like it. It's a story. You know, a lot of our information at ICR are just facts and factual information or, you know, almost textbook style. But this is, you know, very well illustrated story uh, that uh, keeps the kids entertained because it's not too long. And at the end, it kind of leads people and tells them about salvation through Jesus. And so God has a plan for your life just as much as he does for the animals. Well, Dr. Claire, I just want to thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you for thank you for allowing God to use you um, to, for the research and for all the information, so that we can help edify the church and give people uh, the the correct information, the biblical information um, that God wanted us to have, so that we are aware of those things. So, again, just want to thank you for your time and, and everything. Thank you for coming on to the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me a, give me a chance to, to talk about the the wonders of God's creation. Absolutely. Thank you again, sir.